Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, football 200. Your choice. Do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. It's an option play. Ryan? <laughs> uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you think we should go to commercial? <laughs> Ryan? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the uh, $1,000 clue just for the fun of it. Jimmy? As Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. If you guys ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Who are the purple people eaters? We're going to take a break. I have to talk to them. I'm a savage. Yes. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Yes. Sassy, moody, nasty. Yes. Acting stupid. What's happening, bitch? What's happening, bitch? Hello and salutations all. Welcome to the newest edition of Ford Pass Thinking Audio Content. I'm your host, as always. I'm joined by uh, a comedian colleague. Well, I, I mean, maybe he won't consider me a colleague. We'll get into that later. Um, it's, uh, it's Pad Connolly. And Pad um, is not only a, uh, a magnificent comedian, uh, improviser uh, of the likes of... Who's your favorite improviser? Who's my favorite improviser? Yeah. Uh, man, this is a tough one to put on the spot because it's going to change from night to night. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, uh, like, close to the top of my list of all time, though, I'm going to put uh, probably Eddie Pena's up there. Well, uh, I'm here saying Pad's better. Pad's the best improviser. I will tell Eddie that immediately. <laughs> yeah, send him a text. Um, so you might be wondering why we have Pad on. Um, Pad is the only person who I know who has uh, gone on Jeopardy and performed. And uh, I have a lot of questions for uh, this person. The only person – I like to play the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon a lot. Ooh. And uh, I'm pretty good at it now. Now most people I'm down to like one or two, which I'm pretty happy about. So you are my link to Alex Trebek. So uh, that's why I had to get you on. 
Wow, that, that, that's an awesome link. I'm glad I could provide it too. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's really great. Um, so uh, first, before we get into your experience on the show, I want to talk to you about what's your earliest, most vivid uh, Jeopardy or Alex Trebek memory? Uh, it's funny because I didn't really start like watching the show. Like, it, you know, it's, it's been on TV uh, almost as – or the Alex Trebek version has been on almost as long as I've been alive. Uh, and so I don't really remember the show. Like, I don't remember the questions, but I remember the mustache. And that's that's so funny that you bring that up because my earliest memory of Jeopardy, and I think maybe if you flipped your microphone down, we'd, we'd be able to hear you a little bit better. Oh, I thought your microphone was on your headset like that. But oh, anyways, my earliest memory is being at my neighbor's house after school where I would go for an hour or two uh, before my parents got home. And it was all over those like, you know, those daytime shows like, uh, like what are they like uh, celebrity access or whatever those like. Yeah. It, the big story of the day, Alex Trebek shaved his mustache and I had a lot of feelings about it. And that's my first earliest memory of Jeopardy. I was, it was probably like 96, 97. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's around the time. Like when I was like, that was around the time I was in high school. Uh, if you want to start doing the math on that, please don't. <laughs> uh, but that was like, that was like around the time I like started actually watching Jeopardy. Like, oh, all right, my teachers have prepared me and I have enough knowledge to almost answer some of the, uh, the clues. Uh, and I, but I was so thrown because like that when I started watching it, I was like, "Who? What happened to the guy with the mustache? What happened to the real Alex Trebek?" Maybe this was the Alex Trebek that was sent to the back to the fifth dimension after you said his name backward. This, this is the the, the Berenstein universe. Um, so in high school, you start thinking, uh, "I've been properly prepared by my mentors here in high school. I am starting to learn uh, more about uh, you know uh, trivia." When's the first time that you think that you can go on? Uh, I remember like the first time I knew even like that there was like a, like a test you could take was I want to say like right at the end of, or maybe right, right after college. Uh, Cause I was definitely like in my twenties before I even found out, like you can like go online and you can like take a, a test and then you qualify for an in-person audition. And I kept doing that until I think I was like 31 or 32 years old. Uh, and I finally did. Uh, I finally got, I did it well enough on that test to actually make it to an in-person audition. But yeah, wow. But, it, but uh, I tried for a long time, probably close to 10 years to get on there. Um, do you think your experience as an improv comedian and just a stage performer in general helped you with the nerves of being on the Jeopardy stage? Or is it different when you're on that stage than anything else you've experienced before? Uh, it definitely, it definitely helped. Because the, the whole, the, like the aspect of, of that that would like be shocking for a lot of people who aren't familiar with it is like, you know, getting your makeup done and then like being like run from place to place. And then just, you know, there's like lights on you and you're not sure where to look and you're not sure what to do with your hands. And those are all things that like, I've been through that, that been there, done that. Like, I, I, I'm just going to keep my, my arms at my side unless I'm holding a buzzer. But the, uh, the part that was so nerve wracking, and unfortunately, because I didn't have these other distractions, like, you know, there, you, when you're worried about like the lights and stuff, you can kind of portion out your stress and your anxiety. Yeah. Uh, but instead, all I could focus on was, I've got one shot at this. This is it. The next 22 minutes are a decisive moment in my life. Yeah. You know, I've always thought that I would, that's one of the reasons why I would do well on Jeopardy, I think. Um, and I've often thought about studying geography, geography for a while, because that's probably my weakest Jeopardy um, area. What, what would you be your strongest Jeopardy area? And what would be your weakest Jeopardy area? I'm going to say this, and then I don't want anyone to go back and watch my episode. <laughs> uh, like, Broadway musicals from, like, 1980 to the year 2000, like, unstoppable. 
<laughs> like even in the early 2000s, like like there's there's no question they could have on that show that I wouldn't that I wouldn't know. But on the episode I was on, I was well, I was in the musical Hairspray. I was in that show for a year, and that's a question I didn't get. Was, yeah, because somebody rang in. It's all it's about the buzzer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, and the uh, worst category also geography. Like the second, if, if there's a, a clue that's up there, if I see the word lake or river, I, I don't even read past it. Yeah, I'm, I I would probably do well with like TV theme songs or like, yeah, football men. Those would be my two best. But <laughs> geography would be a no go for me. Let's talk about more about your experience getting that question wrong. I'm sorry, but. Um, <laughs> Is, uh, what a lot of people don't know is that on the Jeopardy board, uh, you have to wait for Alex to finish his question, and then the lights go like if, right. There's a light, then when it goes off, you click, or when it goes on, you click. Yeah, it's there's like a, it's like someone took like, a, like they went to Walmart right before the episode taped, and they bought like a string of LED Christmas lights, <laughs> and they just put them around the the game board. It's like when you see that board, all the way around the frame of it, there's these little white lights, and. It, the second that Alex has finished speaking that last syllable, there's a guy whose entire job on the show, the, the thing he does is he pushes the button to light up the board and unlock the buzzers. Yeah, and then you're locked out if you go if it's a preemptive push. Yeah, if you, if you click too early, uh, your buzzer time, times out for half a second, which doesn't sound like a lot of time. But uh, that's why when you see those contestants, when they know an answer and they just start mashing the button like crazy, like, like they're just like, you know, like jackhammering that button. It's because if they buzzed in too early, they want to be the first one to buzz in when it unlocks. But your personal, uh, your little antidote that you gave to Alex was about how you were on hairspray. The hairspray question comes up. You, you, you don't get the buzzer in time. You kind of give a physical reaction, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and you so, get the man to laugh. Yeah, it, well, uh, uh, mostly, just just like a, a lot of people who are doing like memoriams for Alex Trebek are talking about how he would let you know how stupid he thought you were wrong <laughs> on that show, and it was very true, but it was definitely never mean spirited. Uh, so uh, in that moment, like I see the question come up, and like I'm waiting to buzz in because I'm like the second I see that that first uh, song title up there, I'm like, this is hairspray. This is I know this, this is I got this in the bag, and all I'm doing is just watching the edge of the board, waiting for him to say that last word. And I like just go crazy on the button the second I see those lights. But Mafanwi Davies, the grandmother who is a huge rugby fan who lives in Ottawa, Canada, uh, to my left, got in there a split second before me. And if you watch the, uh, if you do watch the video, please don't. Uh, <laughs> you'll actually see me when he says Mafanwi. Uh, my head like snaps to the left and just stares daggers at her for like a half second. <laughs> and then you. Uh, and then uh, Alex starts laughing, and it, the camera focuses on him. And he mentions something about, like, oh, you should have got that one, Patrick. Uh, or Parik, because he says my name the, the correct way when I don't. That uh, was kind of a thing I wanted to talk to you about, too. You mentioned that he kind of had um, this dry sense of humor where he would kind of rib people a little, little bit. And I noticed I was watching a marathon just last – not this weekend, but the weekend uh, before on Hulu. And he, every time it was a college tournament, he kept saying sophomore. Or he wouldn't say sophomore. He would say, like, sophomore. He definitely had his little quirks and stuff, but I, I love the bit of saying your name wrong. Yeah, uh, I've only known a few people in my entire life uh, in the U.S. who got who uh, knew what my, how my name is supposed to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say it wrong. I, I say Patrick, like I say Patrick, but with a D instead of a T. But in Ireland, depending on where you are, it could be it could be Porig, it could be Porig, it could be Porig. Like there's a bunch of different ways. Depends on where the accents are. You can swap out a G for the C and stuff like that. Uh, so on the show, 
one of the things that I was warned when they were asking everyone for their names, I'm like, how do you, you know, how do you want it pronounced? Or do you have a nickname you prefer? Was there, when I said my name, the uh, contestant wrangler just goes, oh, he's not going to be happy about that. Uh, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, he hates Irish names. <laughs> like, loves Irish people, can't, but hates it when there's a name because he kn- he's, like, terrified of getting a contestant's name wrong. And so when he said that, when he pronounced my name and he got it correct on the first try or the traditional way, it was like, he has clearly taken the time to research and practice and get himself at ease because he, like, he probably at some point he was interviewing a contestant, said it wrong, and was like, this will never happen again. It, it speaks to the man's character. I, um, when I started doing things like this, hosting podcasts or uh, live shows or whatever, there were two people who I thought I've watched enough of them. I've studied them enough, Rich Eisen and Conan O'Brien. But then there were two people who I went out of my way to study. And the two people were Alex Trebek and Stephen Colbert. The way Colbert talks to the camera, I don't think there's anybody better. Uh, but to, uh, and I'm doing a bad job of it right now, ironically, but Alex Trebek's diction and the way that he would talk to the people, uh, you know, in his presence, it was, he, and maybe it's just, you know, 2000 hours, but I, I do think that, and I watched the 2020 thing this morning about all the extra hours he puts into, you know, people think that you show up to the show and you just read the questions on the board. Well, that's not how that works. You know, Alex Trebek was Alex Trebek because he worked harder than everybody else. It was great. Um, do you have any f- favorite moments of him kind of showing his dry humor? Cause I have a few listed. If you, if you want to look at these with me. Oh, I'd love to look at them. The, the, uh, the, there's a couple. And one of the things I, I always loved on the show is when someone would say something or they give an answer that you know, there's never anything dirty on Jeopardy, but when it would be like slightly suggestive. The moment that comes to mind is when um, uh, I, I can't, Ken Jennings was on mm-hmm. and it the clue was something like. Um, uh, it was a, uh, a garden implement uh, or a woman with loose morals. Yeah. And then he said, ho. <laughs> and then uh, that's what they teach it there in Utah. I mean, he was, he was very quick witted on his feet. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, moments of him uh, showing his humor side or uh, in April fools. It might've been like four or three years ago, but on April fools, he just walked out without pants on hilarious, never addressed it. Just walks out without pants on. And then it's like, Oh, maybe he's always without pants to be on the lectern. Who knows? <laughs> That's great. Um, there was one time, and this was a few years ago too, where um, somebody, uh, one of the contestants, a uh, little story about themselves is how much they love nerd, nerdcore rap. And they're trying to explain about the nerdcore rap. It's like, well, you know, people rap about how they like video games and science fiction and how they can't find love interests. And there's a pregnant pause. And Alex says, so losers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last one is something that all the listeners heard coming into the show is where uh, three contestants uh, completely botched the football topic and they couldn't, none of them even rung, rung in on the, all the clues for the football topic. And he, yeah, he let him have it for that one too. But he was, I mean, he was uh, a really funny guy. Also watching that 2023, I heard a quote of his saying, uh, self-deprecating humor is worth its weight in gold. And it's, I think it, it shows that, you know, um, because, and I hope I'm not overstating this and I hope you can ch- uh, chime in if you think I am, but um, we talk about this country being very divided, especially of late. Jeopardy is one of the purest things that, you know, I mean, I can make my assumptions on where Alex Trebek would have aligned politically. I can make my assumptions about whatever, but Jeopardy is truly one of the only things that really, I feel I can bring an entire country together. I mean, everybody across America loved Jeopardy. Yeah. And, uh, 
part of it is this, it, in the uh, when they're preparing you to go on the show, uh, one of the things they really try to brace these contestants for, especially people who maybe like haven't even been out outside of their state until they flew out to LA for this. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, is like uh, uh, how little control you have over winning or losing on the game. Um, you know, uh, it, if you it, like, you can definitely practice. Like, you know, you have your Ken Jennings and your Arthur Chews, uh, who you know put in the time to learn the the, uh, the best practices, how to jump around the board, when to buzz in. Like Ken Jennings' wife uh, actually built a uh, a fake board so he could get his buzzer timer down. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, he would like sit in his garage and practice his timing. Uh, but one of the things they tell you is the main thing that determines whether you win or lose is if your board comes up. Exactly. Uh, so like, like for me, if it was like Broadway musicals of you know of the 1990s uh, and uh, Chicago landmarks and uh, you know gluten free desserts, <laughs> like, like, like that would be my game. Like I'd I'd, I'd be a winner. Spider Man and his friends, Mario, and yeah, I'm talking about my board now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, the thing was, you didn't have to know everything. No one can know everything. But even if you weren't like, I don't know as much as Arthur Chu did, obviously, and very few people know as much as Ken Jennings. But if your board came up, as long as you, that was your passion up there, as long as that was something you were excited about and curious about and had an interest in, you could run a category. And also, I'm, I don't even think it's about knowing the answer because a lot of times I'm able to impress my family and friends with running through a Jeopardy line. And it's not that I even wouldn't know the answer before, but there's such great context clues in the clues. I mean, it's really, they're worded really well where they can help trigger a memory or something. Yeah, and, uh, and that's, uh, I mean, that, that's a whole thing about getting into like writing trivia and, and puzzles and things. I mean, uh, Jackbox games, I think, are an example. Like, it's the same, it's the same philosophy as Jeopardy of, you don't have to know everything, but we're going to help you along. Like, uh, you, you don't have to. You don't have to have heard the fact before, but you just have to be clever enough to parse out what we're telling you. And yeah, you need to be able to bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's inclusive, and also like on Jeopardy, when they have those kind of like cleverly worded ones, when you hear the answer, even if you you know maybe like you know in third grade you'd learn that and it had just fallen out of your brain, there's that. Of course, <laughs> and like it, it makes you feel like I did know that. I just missed the wording. How clever! And like it makes you feel good. You get that little endorphin rush. Here, how about this? This is this is a new thought that just came to me on the on the moment. Jeopardy, the original podcast. People love to have Jeopardy on in the background while they cook dinner, while they're doing their laundry. Jeopardy is like kind of the original because you can listen because you don't need to sit down and watch the TV when Jeopardy's on. You can kind of do other things and kind of still participate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's also like, has there ever been, maybe with the exception of uh, The Price is Right, a better uh, TV vehicle for doctors' waiting rooms? <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the time just flies by. Like, you can hear that dentist drill on the other side of that door, but you are just engrossed in these uh, answers and questions. Do you have any uh, favorite moments of Alex Trebek in pop culture? I, I have a few. Um, I rewatched the Cheers episode this morning where uh, Cliff Clavin goes on because they're in the Boston area for the first time. And Cliff Clavin, he, we, like we talked about, he had his perfect board. It was like civil servants, uh, mothers and sons, a few others in the last one, celibacy. So like, he had his perfect board. And then he uh, biffs on Final Jeopardy by saying, you know, three people who've never been in my kitchen. Um, that was great. Also, he took a great shot kind of – I mean, he, wasn't, he was kind of playing like this crazy – version of himself on the simpsons where he's like ordering people to break march simpsons legs for uh finishing in the red yeah 
I, he, he had a great sense of humor. He was on uh, a lot of those different shows. Um, also loved the Will Ferrell uh, uh, kind of, because that's another version where it's like, is, is he really doing an impression of Alex Trebek or is he just kind of playing straight man to Sean Connery? And yes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite like, TV moments, and I think they did this twice, uh, but, uh, when you're on the, uh, the, the Sony, uh, Sony Picture Studios lot, uh, there's two big like warehouses that are right next to each other, and there's a like a between them there's like a, a a tin awning, so there's like a little like enclosed area you can walk through to get to get to either one, and uh, outside of the one to your right as you walk in, there's a uh, reserved for Alex Trebek parking space, and on your left is a reserved for Pat Sajak parking space, and so a couple times on April Fool's Day they would switch hosting jobs. <laughs> Trebek would just walk out on the Wheel of Fortune set, and Sajak would just walk out on the Jeopardy set. <laughs> that's i love that so much that's so great um you know and also i brought up spider-man earlier and like i was raised catholic and i'm kind of catholic but like my real kind of religion or moral philosophy is with great power must also come great responsibility alex Trebek loved it you know i yes. uh, giving back to charity uh just even as simple as at the end of the show answering questions to the audience because he wanted them to know it was a special trip that they made and he wanted them to feel special um I think people mince those words a lot. I know in the Tobey Maguire films, it says with great power comes great responsibility, but the must also in the middle of there means a lot to me. And that's kind of the way I think Alex Trebek loved his life. And I think the way that we could all, uh, we could, I mean, especially me, I mean, we could all uh, strive to be better with the amount of power that we have on uh, impacting others and how we can use that power to possibly impact uh, people's lives. Before we kind of dip into a minute or two of what you're up to now, um, do you have any final uh, thoughts on Alex Trebek? And uh, just what you said, that, that idea of like, you know, uh, we, we all do have like a certain amount of power of just like, even if it's just like today, just being a little bit nicer to people around you or just, you know, giving like a, like a nod to someone on the street and just, you know, acknowledging them. Like it's a small act, but it's holding like, a door open. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that, that little connection of like, we can do those like little kindnesses, remind each other that we're human and that, you know, uh, and th- that whole idea of like him talking to the audience, it wasn't just at the end of, of the taping session. Was if they took a break, like if they had to like review an answer or if they had to reset something or they were taking a commercial break, uh, he would just make a beeline for the audience and he would just point to people who had their hands raised and just start taking questions. And you could tell a lot of these stories, like people would always ask about, what about the time you, the, you, broke, your, uh, you broke a bone chasing that guy in the hotel? Uh, and he would tell that story and he'd be very excited. But you could also tell it's like, this is the 700th time. That he, he stole that story. Yeah. And... But the thing is, he was still excited to tell it, not because he was excited about the story, but because, like you said, there's that notion of, like, they are so excited for this moment that we're sharing. And even though it's not exactly the story I wanted to maybe spend, you know, these five, this five-minute break doing, like, we just get to share this little bit of joy. I get to see the smile on their face. And then, like, that wasn't even my question. And I still remember, like, I felt that connection of, like, this, what a great person to be in the presence of. And just the... Like, it, it felt like you were hanging out with a friend. And that's what I think was so exciting is that because he was so genuine uh, and he was so so honest and took that time for individuals, uh, like, that's why we all felt that loss. Like, that we, we feel like we know him because even through the TV screen, every interaction he has is excited and curious and genuine. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, also, just real quick, um, I had a friend move out to L.A., like, eight, 10 years ago, I talked about always how we want to go to uh, taping at Jeopardy. I don't know if you ever made it there when this pandemic's over, 
go live your life. You know, don't, don't, tomorrow's not coming. Just go, go live your life. Uh, Pad, uh, I used to love seeing you on Saturday nights at the IO Theater doing World News Tonight. Uh, uh, like I just mentioned, the pandemic's happening, so I don't get to do that anymore. Um, what, what are you up to currently that our listeners can go find out? The easiest place to spot me is uh, I'm doing shows with uh, Comedy Sports Chicago. Uh, they're on Twitch TV now. The uh, the link for uh, for the live shows there is uh, twitch.tv forward slash CSZN Chicago. Uh, so that's CSZN Chicago. Uh, or you can check out their website, CSZChicago.com. But they do uh, live shows uh, uh, 730 and 930 Central every Friday and Saturday. Uh, and uh, they also do uh, – we have our minor league shows on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock on the same uh, same space. All right, cool. Those links will be in the description. Uh, so if you want to check those out, just click on your whatever your listening device. And uh, I don't know why Pad makes the time to talk to me. You know, he's a, a comedy god here in Chicago, a smart guy. But um, after the pandemic's over, I'm coming over to my Switch and we're going to play around a Jeopardy. How about that? Absolutely. As long as it's not the original Nintendo one where Alex Trebek didn't get his, uh, his rights to have his image used. This... We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to figure that. <laughs> so, uh, th- thanks, Pat, so much. I was there to match my intellect on national TV against a plumber. Both with a PhD you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.